You're now listening to the Art of Reinvention Show, hosted by your boy Teflon John. Where my goal is to change the world one person at a time by provoking thought. And you're now in the right place to receive motivation, inspiration, so you can make it throughout your day, so you can make it throughout your week. And so, like I said, I just want you guys to sit back and just absorb all the content. And as I always say, one love, be blessed. It's a shocking story. A fifth grader in South Carolina dies after a classroom fight at her elementary school. CNN's Victor Blackwell is following this story. Um, and walk us through what we know here and what we don't. So there are a lot of questions here, but we do have some answers. Let me take you back to Monday afternoon at Forest Hills Elementary School in Walterboro, South Carolina, just about an hour's drive west of Charleston, where there was a fight between 10-year-old Renaya Wright and another fifth grader. That other student has not been identified, but what we know from police is that there was an altercation between these two students, a fight, and this uh, Renaya Wright was sent to the nurse's station there, where she was described as unconscious, but breathing. Then she was sent to a local hospital, then airlifted to the uh, Children's Hospital in uh, Charleston, where this photograph was taken uh, and posted by her mother. Uh, we know that just yesterday, a 10-year-old Renaya died. Now, we don't know why that has not been released by uh, the family. There is an autopsy scheduled for tomorrow, and those answers are expected. Now, when it comes to the school, there is an executive meeting that's been going on for most of this hour where they have to answer the questions. Were these students unsupervised? Uh, how soon after the fight was uh, she sent to the nurse's station? Lots of questions here. We know that other student has been suspended. No criminal charges filed. Wow, so that's how we're going to uh, begin our show today. You know, once again, this is Teflon John coming to you courtesy of the Auto Reinvention Podcast show. And today's um, show was just is all about that fifth grader who lost their life from, you know, just an altercation, just a fight that you think that kids will go to school and have riffraff and, and disagreements and make it home. And tonight I brought my special guest with me, my brother from another mother, Martre Baker Stevens, um, who is a powerful motiva motivational speaker. And this is somebody who actually impacts a lot of kids. So I thought it would be perfect for him to actually jump on this subject. So I'm going to let Martre sit back and introduce himself to you for all y'all who didn't catch the last episode. All right, Martre, it's on you, brother. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Uh, it's the boy, Martre Stevens, Mighty Motivation. I'm your youth motivator, your youth mentor, your youth server. Um, just here to help wherever I can. Uh, Jonathan, again, and thanks for having me on. It's always an honor to uh, just connect with you and deal with you. And I'm ready, man. I'm ready. Word. Same here, man. Same here. And for those of you who don't know, like I said, Martre is um, nominated for Citizen of the Year. Um, for the uh, area of Bedford County, man. And I wish you the best with that nomination, man. Just continue to grind. And like I say, he's doing it for purpose. He's not doing it for recognition. And look what he's got. He's got recognition for going after yeah, for going after his purpose. And so, Montre, let's let's get into it, man. So um I'm pretty sure you you've pretty much heard that, you know, a fifth grader lost her life after fighting with two girls at school. Um mm -hmm. And, it, and it's tragic, man, because I think that we live in a time nowadays where it used to be school was one of the safest places to send your child. But now right. you're hearing these stories where, you know, someone sent their child to school in fifth grade, man. They're barely 11 years old, you know, um, but you're sending your kid to school to get education um, to hopefully, you know, get a couple of meals while you're at work. So you can come home 
and see, you know, your child. And, you know, she didn't make it home. You know, that young lady did not make it home. And you see a lot that we're dealing with in schools as far as bullying. You know, you got teachers, you know, you got teachers that are underpaid, overworked. So, Martre, what could have contributed to this from a systematic standpoint? Um, in my personal opinion, uh, it's respect. It's just a matter of respect for your peers, a matter of respect for authority, a matter of respect of where you are. But before this even goes into the school system, before it happens, you know, on other grounds, you know, I think the main place is at home. It's just the respect at home. So if these kids aren't respectable in their own household, they're going to go other places and they're going to act like this. I mean, you know, back in the day, and, you know, I'm not that old, but back in the day, it was just certain things that you wouldn't do. There's just certain things that you wouldn't do because you knew you would get in trouble for You knew how your parents would react. You knew how the people that took care of you would react. And, you know, fighting or, you know, beating somebody to death in school, I mean, that's, that's a little overboard, and it starts at home, you know what I'm saying? And I remember my mom used to tell me, you know, she said, I don't see you to school to fight, but you ain't no punk either. But that don't mean go to school looking for something. That don't mean go to school and be disrespectful to the people that surround you. It's just a matter of fact that don't get picked on, don't be nobody's punk. But it's just a fact, it's just a matter of respect that a lot of these kids today, they just don't have. So when they go to school, they're in an environment where they're around their peers, um, they're easily influenced, and they just go out on a tear and have no remorse about the things that they're doing. Yeah, man. Um, it's it's just getting out of hand because I, since I've been coaching, I've never seen so many young kids, you know, young kids with no respect for anyone. And I think you hit the nail on the head, man. I mean, no respect for anyone to where you're breaking up fights, they're talking back to you, they're cursing. And like you said, they get it They get it from home because a lot of times when you start to wonder why a kid does what they do, why they act the way they act, a lot of times it's learned behavior. No one taught them that. It's just something that they came up and they and they witnessed. But when you meet the parents, sometimes you you have that compassion like, man, I see why this child is the way they is. But the sad thing about it, if you're a coach, Martre, or if you're a mentor, or if you're a teacher, you're only around this kid for so much time. Eventually, they have That's to go right. home, you know, where they're That's actually right. influenced and where they actually get most of their um, behavior from. So, and I think you really hit on the head, man, because, you you know, in school, you have fights and you have altercations, but something had to happen. I mean, I think this this young girl was fighting two other girls. Two other well, girls. And I think when you look at bullying and you look at the different dynamics of bullying, um, as far as, you know, you have kids that go to the teacher or kids that may say um, and try to report something, but nothing's being done. And then you have kids that just don't care. They come to school and make people's life, um, you know, just tremendously hard to just come to school and function. And you right. get, I guess you do get to the point where you're just tired of, because like I said, my mom raised me like you, like you're not going to go to school and just fight anybody, but you're not going to just get hit and sit there. You know what I'm saying? So you got to learn how to, how to defend yourself. So let's talk about that fine line. Like what is that fine line 
Martrey, that you would tell your child? Like, because you see where this got. So you don't know if somebody was trying to defend themselves. We don't know who really started this altercation. But where's the fine line between defending yourself and just taking it too far? Uh, it's just about protecting yourself. So, you know, it's, it's, it's very great to defend yourself because you don't want anybody to walk over top of you. You don't want anybody to take advantage of you. But, you know, at what point do, you know, you stop? And it's, it's just a matter of, you know, um, decision-making. I mean, you see it in law enforcement all the time. You know, when does it, um, they call it um, use of force. So you're only able to do the force that's necessary to subdue somebody when it comes to police officers or correctional officers. The minute you become the aggressor, the minute it's, it becomes a problem. So that's why you see a lot of, um, even in the four adults, you see a police officer killing, you know, innocent people. You know, they're, they're uh, choking people out. They're dying. Um, they're slamming kids to the ground. You see the videos is because... They don't know when to stop. They don't know when to, you know, stop from protecting themselves to becoming the aggressor. And a lot of times, you know, if I was to teach my, my own daughter, is the first thing I'm teaching is to have confidence in yourself. So what nobody says to you should be able to bother you. So you put in enough information into your child that they, that they believe in themselves, that when somebody's bullying them, they don't believe it. And, you know, you get them connected to other kids that, you know, are... Uh, that will, you know, lift them up. You know, we have a lot of uh, programs in Bedford for girls and boys to where they get together and they work together. And you meet a lot of friends that uplift you instead of tear you down. So when you have people in your corner, you know, you don't have to believe the bullying. You don't have to believe the, you're ugly. You don't have to believe the gossip. You can just go on about your day by being confident in yourself. But there's just so many kids that just want to be the aggressors. And like I said, the problem with being the aggressor is a lot of these kids just want attention because they're not getting it at home. Exactly. So you want to so you want to get into a fight at school because you get some attention from it, and it might be and you might be doing it because you want some attention from your parents. Right? Maybe you maybe you notice me now. Maybe you see that you know I need you now. So getting into a fight may be a way of them expressing their anger for you know nobody not being there for them, nobody not talking to them because a lot of with social media these days, with the cell phones and the tablets, a lot of these parents are giving me stuff just to want them to get out of their way. And they don't know what's hurting their opportunity to become social. So there are a lot of kids out here that are not that social, and they're around kids that are angry the way that they're angry, and they're taking it out on people who don't deserve it. So, you know, the fine line is, you know, you have to know that point to where you got to back down to where you're not the aggressor anymore. You have to say, okay, I'm protected. All right, cool. Yeah, and there, I think there are many angles when you look at this of how someone could, you know, start a fight if they're going against two people. You know, like I said, maybe oh, they yeah. were, you know, maybe they were going at it and maybe they just got tired of it and they were going to the teacher and nothing was being done. Or, you know, maybe they were just being bullied and the teacher had done all that she could. And this day, the actual, uh, the, the aggressors took it too far. And she just tried to right. do the best she could. But I think the reality of it is, is this is the worst case scenario. So not only can parents right. and teachers and school systems learn, but kids can also learn too. like, no matter how big and bad you are, like things happen, you know, and like, right. um, and like I was saying, 
at our um, March Madness event, it takes two seconds for something to happen that can affect yeah. the course of the rest of your life. Now you're looking at two girls that are probably going to be, depending on how that situation or, or the altercation started, that could be looking at like a murder two charge or at least manslaughter. You know, yeah. if, if it was like a, a a consensual altercation where they just both got into it, you know what I'm saying, and something happened, you're looking at, one being put in the ground and the other two possibly spending a lot of years in jail or even prison. You know what I'm right. saying? So you're losing th a total of three kids to society that needs them, you know, and you're mm -hmm. looking at parents now that are affected on both sides. You know, one has lost a child and the other two are probably going to lose those too. So when you, when you look at that, man, you just wonder like, what more can we do? You know, like people like mm -hmm. me and yeah. you, you know, we go out to the schools and we speak, but we're only one person. You know, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, like you, you speak every week. I'm going to speak to a group of kids tomorrow, and I often have this type of stuff in the back of my mind. But it's not. A lot of people don't deal with these type of subjects until it actually happens. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. And so I think the approach that me and you and other motivational speakers take is we take the proactive stage and better instead of being reactive, because now all right. of a sudden when these kids see you come in and you're trying to talk to them. They know, oh, you're only talking to us due to this situation that just happened. Or you're only talking right. to us because old boy got shot. Or you're only talking to us because someone came in and shot up our, our school or there was a tragedy or whatnot. So we have to be proactive in um, reaching our kids and, and, and trying to build that bridge. And when it comes to building a bridge, more uh, trade, where you want to build a bridge of trust to where a child that's being picked on or a child that may have a problem of aggression, anger can come to you. What do you recommend of how to build that bridge of trust? Um, you have to be there before anything happens. So, you know, and my biggest thing is a lot of kids just want to be heard. You know, I know as adults, we like to do a lot of the talking. We like the kids to sit there and listen to us talk. Um, well, at what point do we get the the kids' point of view? What point do we we try to understand their feelings and emotions? Because you know, at that growing up when I was younger, a lot of adults used to say, "Well, you're not going any, you're not old enough to be going through anything. Wait till you get older. Wait till you have to start paying bills. Wait till you have to start doing this. Wait till you have to start doing that. You're not going through anything." That's not true. I mean, you you most adults would be able to survive in these high schools and middle schools and even some of these elementary schools now because it's just so different than what it used to be. I mean, with the age of social media, with the influence that it has on people to where you can see every single day how some adults live behind the scenes, it, it influences their character. So with a lot of these kids, man, it's just the fact that they're going through something and nobody's listening. Everybody wants to talk and nobody's actually taking it back and say, hey, let me listen to, let me hear what you have to say. Let me listen to you. And then take that and believe them of what they're saying and try to help them as much as possible. So I believe the, the way to bridge the gap is listening. Just simply listening to the things that the kids have to say. And um, when I go speak to, you know, the younger kids, I give them a, I give them a chance to listen. And most of the time, Jonathan, I don't even get a chance to say much because they want to talk so much. And my daughter's yeah. the same way. She just wants to talk so much. And I think sometimes for adults, we just have to sit back and listen. And we're able to give them their wisdom that goes along with what they're saying. 
that way it can help them in the long run. But, you know, we can we can be selfish adults and want to talk their heads off. Hey, you do this, you do that, and go on about your business. And the next thing is, you have to lead by example. If kids see somebody like me and you where they know, where they know we're out trying to help people, then they will come to us because they trust us. Yep. You know, just by just by the event we did on Friday, you know, a lot of those kids may see us and they feel comfortable talking to us. And I and I asked them a question Friday. I want you know how much how many of y'all feel comfortable talking to your parents? And a few of them didn't raise their hands. And I know why they don't feel comfortable talking to their parents because they feel like their parents don't understand. But we're relatable. So and you know, nothing against parents, but it's just like some kids just see you as not being relatable because you're their parent. So if you get another adult that they look at, that they think is cool, that they really like, that they um, admire and really look up to, that's probably going to open up to them more. Um, I know it's unfair, but for their age, um, for a lot of younger people, it's just the way it is. Because we like to feel like that our parents just you know, understand that they're just going to come down hard on us, that they're just going to be this type of way because, of their, because you're their parent. That for us, you know, as mentors and motivators, I think uh, a lot of people will open up and talk to us about things because they trust us that we are there to help. And for the teachers, there are a lot of teachers that want to help, and there are a lot of teachers that are still stuck in their old ways to where you do it this way, you do it that way, you do it my way. I don't want to hear nothing else about it. And a lot of these kids just don't respond to that. They want to see you lead by example. They want to see you out doing the things that you talked about. Man, I agree with you 100%. I mean, like I said, I couldn't agree with you anymore. You know that they have to trust you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to build trust. And number one, you have to listen to gain that trust. And Martre, I want to take that one step further. Like, after you've gained that trust, you have to show them that you're not going to pass judgment right away. You know what I'm saying? Like, once you listen to to their situation, sometimes you've gained that trust of listening. But now when you pass judgment... And you don't want to understand and try to reason with them. Now you've lost them forever. And I think that, yeah. you know, when you're when you're not passing judgment and when you can relate, stop trying to be so perfect. You know, when you can relate like you've been there before. Now you can really mm-hmm. get down to the root cause and do a, a, a real root cause analysis and see, OK, what is the real issue that's driving this kid? What is the real issue that's pushing this kid towards bad behavior? And it's funny that you say that is because all the time in mentoring, we tell the kids all the time, you know, we're not perfect either. And we always talk about when we were their age, the stupid stuff we used to do. So it opens up, it opens them up a lot of like, hey, he's not perfect. Hey, he's not the, the you know, clear, clear sheet guy. He's that, he's been through the same things that I've been through. And we tell them about the dumb stuff that we used to do, the trouble we used to get in. And, it opens them up because they realize that, hey, they were in the same position that I am and look at them now. So you have to be relatable. And there's so many people, they refuse to have their testimony. I have no problem with telling people in my testimony. I have no problem telling people that I used to be an alcoholic. I have no problem telling people that I used to be suicidal. I have no problem telling people that I used to, you know, do stupid stuff. Because if you're able to see where I'm at now, and you able to hear my story from where I used to be, you understand that there is hope for people. And a lot of kids just need to understand that their parents weren't perfect, the people that they look up to weren't perfect, 
And if you, you're able to not try to be perfect all the time, it'll make things even better for you because you understand that, hey, I will make some mistakes, but it is a way to fix my mistakes. Exactly. And I think parents need to listen up because you have a group of parents and I've seen this before, even even when I grew up, I've seen this before that you've done things, but now you're going to play the role because your child doesn't know you the way you know you. And you're right. playing this perfect role and you'll never be able to get through to your child until you can at least relate and show some type of compassion. Now, I'm not saying that they should keep doing and making the same type of mistakes, but they are young. They are young. You right. know, they, they haven't developed judgment, but don't forget where you came from. You know what I mean? Right. Never forget where you came from because you're going to need somebody else is going to need that same type of compassion someone showed you one day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it my, may be your your child that needs that type of compassion. Like my father used to tell me all the time. You know what I'm saying? Um, he said he used to tell me, you know, I went to prison. I made the mistakes that y'all ain't gotta make. He said I made enough mistakes in my lifetime so where you and your brother don't have to make the same mistakes. So you know, my daddy going to prison for, you know, selling drugs. Um, I remember growing up, uh, they had what they called a hilltop in Bedford, and that's where the known drug dealers would be at selling drugs. And my grandmother lived right adjacent to that hilltop. And under no circumstance could we go across the hilltop. And the only way to get to the park is going across the hilltop. And I remember I stepped foot past the stop sign trying to get down to the park, and my daddy pulled up. And he's like, yo, what you doing? And I was like, we went to the park. He said, you know you're not supposed to be on the hilltop. So I had to go back to my grandmother's. But he just instilled in us that, you know, from his past, that we could have a future. So I don't have to make the same mistakes he made. So my dad was so relatable that I understood the consequences at an early age of some of the things that, that I would do, you know, before I did it. So, like I said, if you think about the consequences, a lot of people won't do the stuff that they do. I mean, you'll sit there and you think about it. Hey, this could happen. Hey, that could happen. So if two girls is beating up on another girl, and well, somebody got to start thinking about the consequences. Somebody got to put their phone down and start recording the fight to try to think about, hey, this girl could die. This girl could be in some serious injury. I mean, even if the girl doesn't die, even if the ambulance have to come, even if it's blood, you know, anywhere like, yeah, you're exactly right. And I believe that, you know, I haven't seen a lot of details about this case, Smart Trey, but I guarantee you, man, there's probably cell phone video floating somewhere. Uh, um, I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. And then when you look at it, I feel sorry for these kids because I remember when I went to, to school, especially middle school and, and um, elementary school, if you got picked on a bullet or say if you did get into a fight and you lost... No one could share that a thousand times. You know what I'm saying? No one could right. just post that on Snapchat. No one could send it to somebody through email or or inbox somebody to fight. And imagine having to see that and hear that all day long. Or you right. didn't come to school wearing the latest, greatest gear. Or, you know what I'm saying, somebody's picking on you and they, and they videotape that. You know what I'm saying? They video that through their phone. And they share it. And now you have to go to school every day with that hanging over your head. And so now you see how the effects of depression, you know what I'm saying, can stem from social media. And now that thing is being shared and everybody knows. And now we see how this suicidal thing can can easily happen in school. And it's like an epidemic. Um, There was another case, I believe, where someone, a bully told someone, you should just go kill yourself. And And the boy went home and did it. 
And it's, yes. it's, it's to the point to where, okay, as parents, we have to really teach our kids who they are and tell them who they are before someone else does that. You know what I'm saying? We got to yeah. stop being outworked, you know what I'm saying, as parents, because if you don't instill that in your children, someone else is going to tell them who they are. You know Look, where? And, and, if, mm-hmm. and if you're a parent and you listen to this, I just want to want to say one thing. You know, I, I know a few parents have told me that their kids were being bullied in elementary school. So I'm like, kids are bullied in elementary school, and they was like, yeah, man, it's a lot of gossip, a lot of he say she say. They're talking about this person. I'm like, in the elementary school. I started to think about it, and I'm like, they're trying to, they're getting this from home. They're getting this from home, Jonathan. They're listening to their parents on the phone talk about other people. They they brought people, a lot of people, social media, Facebook, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're public. And all you got to do is go in there and see what your mama and your daddy posting on Facebook. And they're setting the example. If you wonder why the kids are acting the way that they're acting, it's because they see it. They see it all the time. I'm seeing adults on Facebook fighting. I'm seeing, you know, videos all over the place. They're arguing. And the kids are sitting back watching, and they're taking notes. So when this happens in the school, a lot of people need to look in their own household and say, this is where it starts at. And you know what's crazy? A lot of people, a lot of kids, right, a lot of parents are allowing their kids to watch um, all this reality TV trash, you know? And I know it's entertaining. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, loving hip hop and black and crew. I know it's entertaining, but I believe being exposed to that too early can condition the brain that that dysfunctional behavior is normal. You know That's what I'm saying? Right. I'm gonna say that one time, one, 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 one more time for the parents. If you expose your kids to this stuff too early, they you will condition their brain that this dysfunctional behavior is now normal. Because right. you see a lot of people. I remember when I, I think it was Desperate Housewives of Atlanta. I think that's the show. And there was a character named Nene. And she had like this crazy attitude. And she was like, you know, the, the whole big bad person. And before you know it, you've seen people in your jobs, people in your family that watch that show trying to emulate her. You know, curse people right. out and tell people how it is and all this. But what you're seeing is it's cool to argue and fight because that's what they do on TV. Not realizing that these people are probably getting ten to fifteen thousand dollars per episode to act a fool, to be belligerent, but in reality, no one else wants to work with them. That's why you see some of them get stuck in reality TV. They don't get movie right. roles, they don't get sitcom show roles because when you act your, when you act like that and conduct yourself a certain way, there's there, there's a stigma that comes along with that. That you know what you're not professional, you can't be in control of your emotions. Therefore, we can't work with you. And That's right. you don't want to be trolled. You do not want to be trolled, puppeted, mm-hmm. and someone's really controlling you because because you have an anger issue or because you have a social issue and you feel like, because I can't show this person respect, I'm going to tell it like it is. I don't care what, what who say. That's a bad way to be because there's always someone better than you. Always. You know, right. and if you if, if, if there's something on the inside or, you know, you, you know, your, your, your dad's not there, your mom's not there. Talk to someone. There's someone that will listen to you. You may have to go and try several people, but there is someone that you can confide in that will listen to you. There are professionals. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There are professionals that that sign a, a, a um, they take an oath that they can't, you know, um, through confidentiality clauses, they can't share your information. Unless, you know, they're trying to mm-hmm. get you help. You know what I'm saying? So if you can just touch up on that, 
more Trey, like the importance of if you got something internal, if you got these anger issues, how to get help and where to seek help. Oh, absolutely. Um, first thing I want to say is to the parents that's listening, to the teachers, if you're listening, uh, you know, we get it. You know, we, we get that kids are going to be kids. Kids are going to do kid things. But now, you know, jumping somebody and a girl dying, bringing guns to school, bringing drugs to school, um, bullying other kids to, you know, commit suicide is no longer a kid thing. This is this is bigger than just kid behavior, and it's like you said, it's learned behavior that's coming from from somewhere else, and likely the household. So you have to find a, a time to sit down and have a conversation with your kids. You know, come home, talk with them, see how school was, and if they just say if they're distant about it, and they just say it was good, and they don't want to they really don't want to talk much about it, then we have a problem. That should be your first that should be your first sign that we have a problem if they don't want to talk to us, especially if we're talking elementary school. Especially if we're talking early middle school, because like like I said, these kids love to talk. And the fact that they're not talking to you, that that should be your first sign um that something's going on. Second thing is get to the bottom of it. Get to the bottom of it, but get to the bottom of it without pointing fingers. Get to the bottom of it without overreacting, because if you overreact, then the kids will start overreacting. So you have to be the, the best example in this whole situation. You know, talk to the school, talk to the other kids' parents, but the most important thing is, like, just talk to your kid. Make sure your kid knows what they're supposed to be doing. Because a lot of, a lot of parents, I mean, a lot of parents don't want to take their, you know, the blame that your kid may be the problem. Your kid may be the bully. Your kid may be the, the influence. So if you're not talking to your kid and the first thing you want to say is, oh, they're picking on my kid because the school keeps suspending my kid. They keep putting them in detention. They keep saying he's the problem. You might want to, you might want to start listening because it just might be true. And if you don't get a hold of it early, it's only going to get worse. And the next thing you know, you're getting a phone call that, you know, I feel sorry for the parents, man. My condolences. You get a phone call like this that your child is, like you said, is either going into the grave or they're going out in handcuffs. And that's something the parents would never have to see that their kids that are still in school getting in trouble, going out in handcuffs, or even burying their kids for something that that's probably over nothing. I guarantee this situation is probably over absolutely nothing. It's probably some he said, she said stuff. Mm-hmm. And and all, it, all it's going to take is just having a conversation, getting to the bottom of it. Open up to your kid. Allow your kid to trust you. There are a lot of kids, you know, as older they get, they don't trust you anymore. They trust their they trust their peers. And sometimes that's the worst people you can trust because all influence is not good influence. So if you continue to instill your principles into your kid, you continue to make your kids feel comfortable with talking to you, then you're doing something that's preventing something like this from happening. The best prevention is just having a conversation with your kids and being able to work through the problems at home first. Before you call counselors, before you call anybody, the first thing you need to do is have a conversation with your kid first to make sure you understand what's going on. And if you can't find a, the solution, then that's when you call um, somebody that's more professional. That's when you call somebody uh, like me and you 
or we can, you know, really, really pour into these kids and try to get them to trust us to talk to us. And like I said, a lot of these kids, you know, and some people might not agree with it, but if it's like a small problem, I'll tell the kid, your parents will never know about this conversation. They'll never know what we talked about because I want to earn your trust. This is between me and you. And if it's something that we can solve together, then your parents, I'm not even going to, you know, put that type of pressure on your parents. I'm not even going to give them that headache. We'll handle it ourselves. But if it's something, you know, that's bigger than that, seek some actual counseling. Seek some professional counseling. That's what they're there for. A lot of kids need it because a lot of these kids are traumatized from what they hear and see at home. Great advice, man. And I'm going to just add on to that. Um, As far as your parents, like, you know, once your kids try to reach out and once your kids, you know, while they're out there seeking help, before that, and you may not even know anything's going on, love on them. Tell them you love them. You know, don't get out work oh, yeah. by, by someone out in the street. Don't get out work by, by somebody's um, best friend because what's happening is these kids are out here and you could love them. You could be providing mm-hmm. every day, but the fact that they don't hear it, that means it doesn't exist. The right. fact that they don't hear you say I love you and give you know, affection because don't get so tied up into your nine to five of providing that you forget to provide that one element that everyone in this earth searches for, which is love. Some kids That's just right. want love and attention. And and, and right. like Martray stated earlier, some kids are doing this for attention from their parents. And so you have to look at, OK, what can I do? You know, everything within my willpower. And you want to make sure that they know that you love them and as an open line of communication to tell them. And like Martre said, do not overreact because if you're going to get right. in their trust, right, to really figure out what's going on, right? You know what I'm saying? To really figure out what is happening around them, you're going to have to stop overreacting and you're going to have mm-hmm. to sit down and sometimes use judgment because you've got to get down to the bottom of it, you know? And when you're getting down to the bottom or to the root of anything, sometimes it's a lot of dirt you got to pull up. It's a lot of weeds that that you have to pull up. And you got to be willing to do that to really fight for our kids spiritually. You got to keep them prayed up emotionally. You Mm got to talk to them. So we constantly have to fight for them. And I just want you all to to know that during this process, you know what I'm saying? You have to realize that your your kids are growing up in a different era. They're growing up in a whole different generation. Mm-hmm. So you got to mm-hmm. stop comparing what you went through to what they going through. Because like Martre said, some of you all wouldn't be able to make it. You know, they're going through. It's a different level of pressure. It's a, it's a different level of expectation out here in, in society and in the world. And sometimes that weight becomes too heavy for, for them to bear. And they find options. You know, there's so mm-hmm. many drugs out here now that kids have access to that we didn't even think about when when we were younger. A lot of kids mm-hmm. drank, they smoke weed, but now they're popping pills. There's so many different forms, you know what I'm saying, of, of, of recreational drugs that they can choose from. But the thing is, you must be involved in your child's lives. Know who they hang with. Know where they hang right. at. Know their teachers. You know, go up to the school and meet their teachers. Get involved. Don't just use PTA night or parent-teacher conference night as just some some other night just to push off because you need to know and look that teacher in the eye and say, okay, is she the type that if something's really going on or, or if an emergency happens, can I trust my child with them? Now, what's crazy is you wouldn't, yeah. just, you wouldn't just leave your child with any old babysitter. 
You know what I'm saying? But when it comes to teachers, some of you have no contact, have no relationship, and have no idea how your teacher is treating your child. And one, are they competent enough to have your child in their class under their protection? You know, you have to invest time. A lot of times, you're you're spending more money in Jordans than you are investing time into your child. Like I said, see what they're watching on TV. See what they're doing on, on the Internet. Because nowadays we give kids too much privacy. When I was young and I lived under my mama's roof, there was no privacy because she was the adult and it was her house. Now mm-hmm. your, your children could be back there bullying people online, making bombs. And you, and you hear that this is not stuff that, that's, that I'm making. That's right. Up. That's right. And it's, it's because they're not paying attention. Their parents are not paying attention. To, you know, that, that was, like you said, that was nothing that my mom didn't know about. Nothing at all. The things that I thought that I was getting away with, she she knew about it. Exactly. Because she had she had eyes and ears everywhere. She had good communication with the teacher. Um, like I said, like like you said, like you don't trust your babies for anybody. Like when that, those kids are in school, the teachers were the parent hats. I know a lot of people don't like that. I don't like nobody else, you know, telling my kids this and that. They did no. When they're there, the teachers. Wearing the parents, hey, I expect the teachers to say the same things that I would tell my child at home. If my daughter's messing up, I expect the teacher to get on my daughter the same way I get on at home, in her own way or his, his own way or her own way. I expect it because she needs to learn. But there's just so many sensitive parents; they don't want anybody to say anything to their kid. You see it in sports. Why is my son being taken out the game? Why is my daughter this? Why mm-hmm. is my daughter that? Because you, you hear it, you see it, you see what's going on. Like, like stop trying to make like your like your child doesn't do anything wrong. Sit them down and teach them the valuable lesson of the mistakes they make. Exactly, man. And I couldn't agree with you more. You know, um, we got to keep it real. You know, with our kids, we got to keep it honest. Now, now, Montre, as we bring this 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 episode to a close. What are some closing remarks that you want to get out and make sure that people know that are hearing about this tragedy and that are trying to deal with this tragedy? Uh, just learn from it. You know, um, I know it's hard to hear. Um, God doesn't make mistakes. You know, maybe, you know, my, my heart goes out to the family, but maybe, you know, this death is to open up our eyes. And we... The problem with us is it's just so much news that happens every single day that we come across this, and then two weeks ago, people forget all about this. Don't forget about it. Um, I'm gonna find this young lady's young lady's name, and I want I want her people to remember her name. I want the parents to remember this child's name the same way you remember um, the kids that was that was shot by you know police. Um, the same way you remember. You know, the the people, you know, that die in the military or whatever. The same way you remember all of these names, I want you to remember this name, parents. And I want you to say, I never want my daughter or my son to have to go through this. I never want to get that phone call. And it starts at home. But it starts at home. So it's it's a lesson to be learned here. It is a lesson to be learned here. And I, and I, I pray for the, the family that has to deal with this. But there's going to be many more families that have to deal with this if if we don't sit down and we don't talk to our kids. If we don't nip this in the bud now, it's only going to get worse. You know, I know when it's the first uh, 
real big school shooting happened. Um, and then now we're seeing it just being a normal type of thing. And it, it's sad that a school shooting is normal. It's sad that kids playing guns in school is normal now because we didn't nip it in the bud. We took it as a tragedy and we tried to move on without remembering, you know, the hurt that it caused some families, the hurt that it caused some people. So we just have to sit back and we have, we have to hurt. Let this hurt. Like, like feel for this family. That way you never have to go through that feeling yourself. Exactly, man. And I would like to say I appreciate you for being a guest today. I appreciate all of your insight. You know what I'm saying? I just pray that all the information does not fall on death ears, man. I just also pray, man, that, um, that you know, people, even though they've taken prayer out of schools that you keep it in your heart, because like I said, oh, yes. we, we live in a day now where you do not know. You know, when you kiss your kids and you see them off to school in the mornings when they get on the bus or when they drive, you don't know if they're coming home or not. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I guarantee you that that girl had a normal morning with her parents or parent that morning, had a normal morning with her siblings that morning when they left for school, had breakfast, and she had every intention of coming home and watching her favorite TV shows or, you know, getting on, you know, her PlayStation or Xbox or, you know, getting on social media and refreshing all of her statuses. But guess what? She did not make it home. And for that, I just want you all to know that every life matters. And we have to be proactive and not reactive. So, like I said, me and Mar Trey are only two people, but everyone can make an impact in their own community and everyone can make an impact in your own house. If you don't want to be out there in public and, and um, you know, being a motivational speaker or, or whatnot, start in your own house. And I just want to end it with this, like know the environment that your kids are in. No other parent, no other adult should know more about your child than you do. So that way, when uh, when someone brings something to you, if it's true, then you can deal with it. If not, then you know for sure. But know about your kid. Spend time with your kid. Tell your kid that you love them. Find right. out why your kid is the way they are. If, if they come home and just go straight to their room, don't 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 let them just go back there. Go and see how their day was. And that's the problem mm-hmm. that we've gotten so used to the media and social media and technology raising our kids and occupying them while they do while we do us as parents but it's time for us to really get involved it's time for us to really take the front seat in their life and like i said i just want to end it with that and martre made a great point don't allow this to become normalized behavior you know we become Mm -hmm. desensitized to school shootings we become desensitized to school violence and mass shootings because it happens all the time Let's do something about this. So I encourage you to share this podcast with teachers, with students, with parents, with children. I encourage you to share this podcast and help me and Martre put an end to bad situations like this. And all our condolences on behalf of Martre Stevens, um, Mighty Motivation, and on behalf of the I Am Teflon John Brand and the Art of Reinvention Show, all our condolences go out to the family. And to the family of the girls that actually had um, something else to uh, do with this and, and their parents and actually the school and the kids that will be affected by it. Because when you do something, you're in the center of it, even in the in the epicenter of an earthquake, it still affects everything around it. And there are going to be a lot of kids and going to be a lot of parents that are affected by this. And so don't let this tragedy be in vain. Let's learn from it. Let's have healthy conversations and let's get down to the bottom of it. And as I always say, 
Um, but before we go, I'm going to let Martre give out his, his uh, social media contacts and all that good stuff so you can follow him on social media. Uh, yeah, so uh, Instagram at mighty underscore motivation underscore Martre. Uh, follow me on Instagram. I'll follow back. Facebook, Martre Baker Stevens. Like, you know, hit me up on there. I love interacting with people, love connecting with people. Uh, website, New Bedford ga.com uh, to where you can find all our content. You can find all about the mentoring program. You can find your kid up for the mentoring program. And if you just need somebody that that, that can work with, that wants to want to work with your kid and want to talk to your kid, um, don't hesitate. You know that's what we're here for. We're here to serve. You know what I'm saying we're not here for recognition. We're not here for money. We're not here for any of that. We're here to pour into our youth because, like I said, they're our future. We want to help as much as possible. Man, I appreciate you being a guest, man. I appreciate you being a brother of mine. Um, you know, we in this war together, man. And um, like okay. I said, you know, um, you know, always say one love, be blessed. But I'm gonna just break it down of why I say one love because that's the love of God, that agape love that we should all strive for. That that sure. that love should put an end to a lot of situations like this. And I say be blessed because you have two options: get up in the morning and complain about what you don't have. Focus on what you, you know, what you don't have, or you can make the choice to say I'm blessed because guess what? Any day above ground is a good one. And I'm in that show with this one love. Be blessed. We would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Art of Reinvention by Teflon John. And we encourage you to share this episode across all your social media platforms. And we also encourage you to visit our website at www.imteflonjohn.com and follow us on all our social media platforms at facebook.com slash realteflonjohn, twitter.com slash realteflonjohn, and instagram.com slash realteflonjohn. And while you're on Facebook, go ahead and like our page so you can receive firsthand notifications every time we go live with the motivational video or any motivational content. And as I always say, one love, be blessed.